0: Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Honneman.
1: Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. It's Justin Hahneman on the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas. Today in the beverage world, we're talking mimosas. Mmm i know i'm so thirsty uh as i was preparing for this i couldn't wait to meet my guests today guests like plural yep we've got scott and Ally griswold on and they have a really cool comedy called main and co guys so fun to have you on the podcast
2: thank you we appreciate you having us on uh we're very excited to be here
1: i love it and you too Allie. <laughs> to be here. <laughs> i love it it's great um, very, very cool that you guys have this company. Um, you're focused on the modern mimosa. And um, our plan for today, guys, is we're going to learn a little bit more about Scott and Allie. Then we're going to jump into their company, Main & Co., talk about why mimosas, uh, learn about how they figured out how to like produce like repeatable mimosas that are saleable. I can't even wait to hear about that. Um, we're going to, of course, share where you. you. can find the product. But let's do this first, Scott and Allie. How about share a little bit of your background? We'll start with you, Scott, and then bounce over to Allie. You know, before. Before you started this company, what was it that, that helped you know, get you ready to start this business?
2: So I've been in the craft beverage space for about 10 years now. Um, I started out in craft beer, managing a distributor in the Philadelphia area, and then bumped around to a couple breweries, doing a little production, a little cellar work, uh, and then hitting the road for sales. And uh, it was a natural fit for me to make the jump into a really exciting new canned cocktail category, canned alcoholic beverage category, after seeing the tremendous growth in the craft beer industry in cans.
1: Yeah, it's been huge. I mean, this is a booming industry right now. Um, there's a lot of new entrants, a lot of opportunity for growth. Allie, what about you?
3: Well, I did consulting at a very large firm for a few years. Really liked seeing a ton of different businesses and getting to do everything from aluminum smelting to working with a beer company to a dairy cooperative in New Zealand. And wow. So through that, saw a lot of what's successful for these companies and then where they really struggled and learned from A to Z of leadership through all of this. And from there, loved working with clients, but wanted to build something and see it from start to finish instead of coming in for three months, digging right. in and then <laughs> leaving on to the next thing. I was really yearning for that full journey of product and services. And so launched my first company, Athena Club, which is D 2 c Body Care Products, learned a million things through that I'm about sure. what it takes to build a product and brand a product and really crack the D 2 C fulfillment side of things and then was looking forward to starting something new and was so excited to do this with Scott.
1: Yeah, pretty cool that you guys get to work together um, on a business and I want to talk about that in just a moment. So, um, what was the main thought around starting Main and Co. and why in the modern or what does modern mimosa mean to you guys and why in the mimosa space?
3: Yeah, so I was living in New York City in a very tiny apartment in the best neighborhood. (laughs) (laughs) The intersection between Chinatown and Little Italy and started squeezing my own orange juice from the fresh oranges from the stalls right outside my apartment. And I would get the local Italian wines from my shop. Then it was the best mimosa I ever had. And I thought, why can't there be a mimosa like this? that can go anywhere you do. And I started taking my carafe of fresh orange juice and my bottle of wine to picnics at dinner parties, put it in my tote hop on the subway. And one day someone smashed into me, glass everywhere, orange juice everywhere. Oh my gosh. Everyone on the subway hated me. (laughs) And so as I noticed the rise of these ready to drink cocktails, I said, why can't there be a mimosa as good as the one?" I was using with my fresh squeezed orange juice and these amazing Italian wines but in a can ready to go and that can do anything and go anywhere that you're going and so then I started talking to Scott who has as he mentioned so much experience in the beverage industry he asked a million questions I hadn't thought of I'm like, sure <laughs> Perfect. Production? how do we make it shelf stable and absolutely from there it- been a really great combination of our two skill sets to build
1: this out love that and i, I want to dive into that deeper um scott as you were talking through this idea i mean it's one thing to have you know to, to mix something in a cup or a glass and think this tastes good it'd be fun to sell this it's another to package it have it saleable you mentioned shelf stable um get the mix right the recipe shelf life and whatnot like what did that look like as you guys were um, working through the initial idea here
2: Uh, It was a lot of trial and error. (laughs) (laughs)
1: I'm sure.
2: Uh, We, uh, you know, it was a lot of fun trial and error because we got to try a lot of different combinations, you know, choosing different wines from slightly different regions, different orange juices are going to have different characteristics, you know, trying to account for year-to-year variation in crop growth in, you know, two very disparate regions of the world to try and create a consistent product. Um, And, you know, we just, luckily Allie has an incredible palate for mimosas. So I just kept coming to her with slightly different formulations and she's like, well, I like this one a little better. It's almost like the uh, the eye exam when you go to the eye doctor. And they're like A or B, <laughs> B or C. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> and uh, so then once we came to the you know sort of flavor profile that we really wanted, then it was really just diving down into stability and deciding how to package it, where to package it, and uh, finding really great partners to work with to make sure that we end up with the highest quality product and the best consumer experience.
1: Love that. Now, how did you sort through? who to work with like who to do the the mix or the the, the co-packing who to create your packaging because i mean there's a lot that goes into this right it's not just creating the product, it's the package and whatnot so did you have those relationships from your your other roles or did you have to explore and find what did that look like
2: uh, it, was a, it was a mix of both some were you know friends of friends who put us together um and we ended up with some incredible partners and one of the main things that we both looked for in Building out our network was to find other small independent family run businesses because it's really important to us to find good partners that we think align well with us because we, you know, I think there'd be less conflict there. And uh, Allie actually has done all of the branding work and done an incredible job. So she can speak to building that out. Allie?
3: On the branding side, we really wanted it to have artistic roots to it. So it feels like something you would want to look at and bring along with you rather than an overly commercial design that kind of just blends in with everything else you see. And so we actually worked with a female artist and all of the designs that our can are hand illustrated. And then a friend of mine who has his own design agency put everything together. And so it was a combination of a lot of our networks that came Right.
1: That's in great.
3: And amazing the level of support that we had, and were able to, over the course of like the six months as we were thinking about branding, really pull it together. The wine was definitely the longest part of the journey because that's the most important one to get right. And that's where we spent a lot of time, like Scott said, searching for all these different vineyards. And the one that we found is a cooperative of small farmers in Italy. Oh, wow. Many of them are multi generational farmers, it's sustainably grown. And so we loved that aspect of it, along with the, the cans, which are generally more sustainable than glass. They have 3x the amount of post-consumer recycled content in them, and they don't chatter in the subway. So all of those right. kind of led a, <laughs> a mimosa that was as good as one you'd have if you were mixing it yourself with the fresh juice and your own wines. But was convenient and single serve ready to go anywhere you were.
1: So how long from initial idea of, Hey, I think we should make, you know, mimosas that we can sell people to product in hand, ready to, to, for, for trial with different uh, maybe friends and family initially.
3: It's about a year and a
1: half. A year and a half. Just, Hey, everyone listening. It, it takes time. This doesn't happen (laughs) overnight. It's not weeks and months, right? I mean, getting not only the flavor profile, right, but getting packaging and getting it to a place where you can sell it. Right.
3: Yeah, and it's not something you want to rush, especially for us, since quality is at the heart of everything that we were doing. It was so important that the wine be the right partner, that the orange juice be delicious and organic, right? There's so many factors that if you can always change partners, but it's a lot more complicated and will cause you more headaches down the road. And so we wanted to do everything right the first time and not rush it
1: got get it through. i love it so you guys get uh, down the path of of mix production packaging the right wine and whatnot um what was there an initial trial did you like try this with friends and family or did you go out to consumers and do taste tests like how did you know people would like this the short answer
2: is we weren't. We didn't. We thought. <laughs> I love it.
1: <laughs> you thought people um, would like it. It's good.
2: <laughs> yeah, and we liked it. Yeah. And you know, we did get you know samples. We did a lot of dry runs with friends and family, but pre-packaged. Got it. Um, and then as soon as we had the final packaged product, we were actually in California when it was being blended.
1: Oh wow! How and cool is that?
2: We tried it, and we were like, that was amazing. And we're trying it out of the you know the huge blending tank that's holding you know sixteen hundred gallons. And uh we're like, this is incredible. We can't believe we made this. And so we went wide on our direct to consumer e-commerce platform. Love that. Yeah,
3: th- that was a big moment for us
0: when I we can first started.
3: I don't think anyone slept well the night before. We right. were at Napa <laughs> on edge, just that first sip. And then we all looked at each other and said, This is gonna be okay. It's, it's gonna be product. okay.
1: I love it. That's pretty the, cool.
2: One of the interesting things for us sort of going into it was. It's very hard to carbonate small volumes of things to a precise degree. So in the formula, we had a precise carbonation level, but we had no way to actually replicate that <laughs> yeah, before we tried stream. it out of the tank.
1: Oh, there, like, wow.
3: On the soda stream. Yeah. That feels very-
1: <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> yeah. And most people don't know that, right? About carbonation and how that works.
3: Yeah, and the interesting thing is about champagne and the traditional method is it has to be in a bottle with the yeast and you riddle it over a period of two years. But with cans, it's actually a still wine that then gets carbonated because it doesn't ferment in the can itself. And so that's something that luckily Scott was familiar with. And we had a great blending partner who talked us through all that. And it comes out as effervescent as you would a sparkling wine or a champagne from a bottle, but it's a a slightly different process to get there.
1: Interesting. Um, you mentioned a funding partner. So, talk about who you've had to lean on to help you navigate, you know, getting product together and ready to go. What does that look like?
2: Uh, so, we it looks like we have an idea, and then uh, you know we bounce the idea off a couple of people. We get some refinement to it. Uh, for example, you know, blending the wine and the orange juice initially. Orange juice, you know, you really want the aromax, the orange juice to come forward but we wanted the actual product to be very wine-heavy. We wanted the wine to shine through. Totally. So trying to find that balance, and then knowing that when we carbonate the final blend, the free radicals and the orange juice are going to create a much more intense nose than they would when it's still, just because the CO2 is going to come through and just bubble a lot out. And so sort of talking through that with the blending partner, being like, here's what we think is going to happen. And they're like, well, it's yes, but also this other thing is going to happen, so here's how you account for that. Wow, Um, But we've been really lucky to get connected with and work with very knowledgeable, great partners who want to help us and want to help everyone that they work
1: with. Uh, Earlier, you (laughs) mentioned that you guys each kind of have your your role, your thing. Like for you guys, is there one thing or a couple that each of you are best at? You know what I mean? In terms of you dividing up the leadership and growth of the business. Uh, What does that look like?
3: I think that's what really works about our partnership is we have very diverse skill sets and interests and we are very close in age. We're about 18 months apart. And I think because of that charted our own path and now we're able to fuse them together in creating this product. And so I do a lot of the financial side of it, the branding, the more like supply chain and product sourcing of the packaging and the social media, all of the, the more creative things and then the financial things. And then Scott, I'll let you talk to your yeah, side. and
2: then I, you know, I do a lot of the product development, sourcing of ingredients, formulation recipe, and then we're getting ready to start doing some wholesale. So I'll be managing the wholesale distribution.
1: Got it. Great segue. Um, Thanks for, uh, yeah. for taking that on. Um, uh, you're, you're direct to consumer today. You've got different um, pack sizes and box sets and whatnot. Um, what does that look like for you as you go to market? And do you have to pay attention to the three-tier distribution model in, in the US? Or are you able to get around? that what does that look like uh we definitely have to interact with the three-tier system
2: (laughs) unfortunately Um, (laughs) right three-tier system gets everybody yeah so we definitely you know some of our early steps were definitely for the direct we launched direct consumer e-commerce so navigating that was you know all involving the three-tier system trying to figure out what we can can't do where we can can't go exactly and now that we're getting ready to do wholesale we're we're back in the thick of it uh, You know, a little more complicated, actually, because every state is so different for right. actual wholesale distribution, whereas e-commerce is fairly uniform throughout the country. Um, so we are in the weeds right now of three
1: tier. Of solving uh, for that, right? Yeah, yep.
3: <laughs> It's definitely a double-edged sword with all of this regulation, incredibly complicated and nuanced. But if you're willing to put in the time and really dig in to understand what it looks like, then there are options available and you can do direct consumer you can do the wholesaling and it's a bit of a barrier to entry at the end of the day Right. it almost prevents it takes,
1: people from getting in the market right
3: it takes a lot of hours and a lot of patience and a good lawyer
1: to get <laughs> right. through all of this. and it's hard uh, not everybody wants to put in the hours or be patient right the lawyer
2: i, I think it care, is but i think it is daunting too if you've never dealt with a three tier system before sure. like working in the craft beer space i was familiar with it and so I at least had like a base understanding of some of the hurdles that we would have to deal with. But I think if you were coming in cold, it would feel overwhelming because you'd think it's just like any other product you're like, hey, I made a product, I'm going to go sell right. to someone. And the government's like, so no, 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 Not so much. <laughs> and what's uh,
3: exciting is the regulations are changing, right? Over the last five years, we've seen a lot of shifts in terms of direct shipping to states. Many have opened up in ways that they weren't before. And I think it's only going to continue.
1: Totally as we go agree. into the
3: next five years.
1: Yeah. And I think it has a lot of the big brands, not worried, but like aware, you know what I mean? They're thinking about what's the new innovation coming along. Kind of cool. Yeah, but
3: For so long, they controlled the game.
1: The right. Shelf space. That's
3: right. And you had to break into a distributor and then you had to fight with those huge marketing budgets to try and get your product even noticed. But now with D2C, it's opened up a whole new world.
1: Totally. Speaking of marketing, how are you guys building your brand? How are you getting the word out about your product, et cetera?
3: So we're doing a mix of things. One of the bigger ones is having a strong social media presence, working with influencers on that side to really try the product. I think that's something that's so important in the beverage space, especially when you're a direct consumer, is to have reviews and actual customers enjoying the product and sharing what they like about it. Because otherwise, you're just coming in blind for the first sip. And so really trying to get the word out there, get people to experience the product and share about it has been a really big piece. And then the second is I think wholesale is gonna be a really great feeder into our D2C, where people are able to see the product, interact with it. Our can is really beautiful. So I think when people kind of enjoy that experience, they want to learn more and it might drive people to the website. So I think our channels are going to feed into each other in a really collaborative way, which will be exciting to see as both of them start to grow in the next few years.
1: That's cool. Really, really cool. And yeah, I think it'll be interesting to watch that. And I want to have you guys back on down the road to tell to share some of your findings there. Um, Scott, you know, you think about product mix and and you know formulation, what what's ahead? Is it only mimosas? Is it other I'll call it line extensions, other types of related drinks? Like what do you guys see as in your, you know, your funnel of what could be down the road?
2: Yeah, I think our focus is gonna be for the next six to eight months on making really high quality canned wines because we found making the mimosa that the wine really spoke to us and you know our mimosa we love we love to death it's incredible it's great um but really intrigued by building out a line of canned wines because a lot of companies we want to position ourselves as a wine company that makes you know ready to drink cocktails but the wine is kind of the star
1: um and, and so that really would be a shift right i mean because right now you're really focused on the whole idea of modern mimosa but i mean i think if you guys take your brand that direction then that would be pretty exciting
2: yeah and uh, we're looking forward to it. i think there's a lot of you know opportunity to showcase some really cool farmers out there who are doing amazing stuff and uh might not have the network to get their product out
1: love it yeah um,
3: it's interesting. Yeah. If you think about wines in a bottle, you have hundreds and hundreds of options at different price points, at different qualities from all of these regions. But because canned wine and canned wine cocktails is really at the early onset of the market breaking out, you see a lot of the products that are a lower price point and not as focused on the quality of ingredients. And then a few that are kind of venturing into that area of really amazing wines sure. that are just in a different format. And so I think it'll be. Yeah. It'll be cool to see that market continue to grow and then to be part of it as we can bring these amazing wines into a can in ways that hasn't been done that much before.
1: I agree. In this market, there's not a big presence of canned wine. It's really I think it's opportunity for growth for sure. Um, I always love to ask our guests like what would be two or three of the biggest lessons learned in your experiences uh, growing a new brand. Um, I'd love for each of you to share at least one starting with Scott. Uh be
2: flexible. Things are gonna <laughs> <Okay>. go wrong. <laughs> Things are definitely gonna go wrong. And it's good to be able to roll with the punches. Nothing will ever go the way you plan it to. And right. if you're really set on a specific outcome, I think you'd be very hard to adjust to changing market circumstances.
1: Sure. Yeah. I think flexibility um, I think that, is a big one, right?
2: Yeah, and finding good partners. Those are probably my top two. Be flexible and
1: find good partners. Love it. Great advice. Allie? I
3: would say my first one is be prepared that it will be an emotional roller coaster and the highs will be higher than you've experienced before and the lows will be lower because you're so personally connected to the product. And I think that's just part of the journey. And so really grounding yourself every day. And I've started doing this journal that a friend shared with me that you write the three things you're grateful for, or excited for the three things you learned. And I think yep. little ways like that to just reflect on the day because there's also so much changing from week to week that it's a way to have a, a record looking back on it and totally. what the early days were like. Because I think it's, even though they're very tough and exhausting, it's amazing to see the grand grow from nothing. And so to have some way to connect back to those moments is really, really important to me.
1: And yeah. then I'd say, I love that one. By the way, <laughs> celebrate the wins along the way too. Go ahead, yeah.
3: Yeah, exactly. Because in ten years, you might look back and say, "Oh, you know, it was so easy from the beginning.
1: <laughs> but I it just one, yeah.
3: into new channels, but to really connect with the ups and downs of those early days and how meaningful it is to have the little wins."
1: Love it. Um, it's been so great having you guys on. I, I love where you guys are today and where you're going. This potential in this space is super interesting. Share with our audience where they can find you, connect with the brand, buy the product, etc.
3: So the website is probably the best way, www.mainsip.com. And you can get the mimosas there and then also our gift boxes. So we have a classic gift box with our candle, bridesmaids box, lots of fun ways to tie in these curated gifts with the mimosas as well. All of those are available on the website right now. And then soon to be coming, distribution and
1: yeah, wholesale.
3: wholesale and retail channels.
1: I love that. And uh, for those listening, main sip is m a y n e sip.com. Check it out. Um, Scott and Ellie, it's so great having you on the podcast. Can't wait to have you back on down the road. I, I hope you'll return. Uh, you guys have a lot of really exciting things in front of you and love to hear about them down the road. That's great. Thank you so much. We appreciate you having us on.
3: Really great to be here.
0: The ContenderCast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional Contender Cast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at ContenderCast.com.